guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to Common Ground. So happy to be with you today. You'll notice behind me looks a little different than our Thursday live show that is now streaming, not just on Rumble and YouTube and social media, but onnj.com. There are new partners with our new Roku streaming channel on NJ, onnj.com. So remember, while you're watching, share it, like it, do whatever you're supposed to do, whatever the little icons are under it, and make sure more people see it because our message of common sense and finding common ground with people that might originally disagree or not agree on every issue that we've got is absolutely critical to taking back our state for normal. We're fighting for New Jersey. We're fighting for this great country. Now, the background behind me, I am at what an awesome place, the Palace in Somerset, New Jersey, Somerset, New Jersey, in the heart of Somerset County, central New Jersey. Palace is a great venue. The conference is a seat at the table, and you can go to asattnj.org. Too late to buy tickets for tonight, but you want to stay in touch because this is a great opportunity for like-minded folks, parents, teachers, cops, firefighters, truck drivers, and everyone in between, small business owners, you name it, coming together to find that common ground to say, what are the solutions that we need to implement to take New Jersey back? Now, one of the things that I've been talking about, not just on the morning show, but certainly on common ground, we've, we've covered a lot of ground on this, and that is the sexualization of our children. Specifically, and I've told you this story before, right in the middle of all the lockdowns, June 2020, June 2020, the Department of Education got together with Garden State Equality and the ACLU, and what happened? They concocted this outrageous school program that essentially taught sex and sex acts, in addition to all the gender confusion, to grade schoolers. Now, we've been able to fight back over the past year. There has been some discussion of changing it to be more, more age appropriate. We've had about 40 government entities opt out of it, so there is some progress being made. Sadly, what we've discovered on our journey over the past two years is that there are school libraries across the great state of New Jersey with books that I am telling you, we would not, I would be too embarrassed to show you what the content of these books are. Sex acts between uh, cartoon figures depicting older men with younger boys. I mean, really, really uh, aggressive, sexually explicit material. And these are in our school libraries where we've got young kids that have access to it. It's not right. A lot of parents are starting to fight back. Well, something happened. One parent who joins me now, her name is Kristen Kobo. Kristen is a mom in Morris County, New Jersey. Now she's got young kids. And what she discovered in the high school in Morris County and Roxbury in particular was explicit material, not appropriate for most kids, certainly not grade schoolers. So she fought back, she called them out. What happened? The school librarian has filed a lawsuit against this mom for standing up for her kids and all the other kids in the school. Kristen, great to have you. Thanks for having me, Bill. Okay, let's go back. What's the first thing that happened? How did you discover the material to begin with? So some friends of mine, we were very active on social media. We caught wind that there were books being placed into school libraries, sexually explicit in nature. So we did a little digging and found that in our home district in Roxbury High School, every single one of the questionable books was there. You had them all, not um, just one, every single not two, one. you had them all. We had them all. Yeah. 
So were the were when you discovered this, who did you first go to to say, hey guys, not appropriate, not cool, what, what are we doing? So initially we went directly to the superintendent and assistant mm -hmm. and superintendent and we said, you know, this is against what we're teaching in our home. We want to be able to direct the upbringing of our own children. Where do we go? And, and she said, you can email the librarian directly. We did so. We asked specifically about these books if they were there. Do you um, remember some of the titles? Can you share some of the titles with gender us? Gender Queer, Fun Home, This Book is Gay, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, to name a few. This book is gay. I'm not even sure I understand that. Yeah. yeah. So what did the librarian say? You email her. What does she say back to you? Does she respond? Yes, that the books were present, in fact, in the library, that um, they were reflective of the community, and that if we had any questions, we could fill out a challenge form. So you did that? So we did that for one of the books. What is a challenge um, form? What does that mean? It sounds like we're playing a game. proves that you've read the book, that you, you specifically state the parts that you don't like right. and what you're so you did that what you're questioning we did that what, what kind of things did you point out i mean i mentioned a few things and i've seen some of these books right. i mean i've seen this uh, uh books like this available to fourth graders in right. towns like lawrence i mean right. and and actual sex acts women and and women and with older and younger right. depicted characters men and right. men and everything in between right so the the point is there's no literary merit to these books so are they educational absolutely not they are there to essentially <laughs> in our opinion, sexualize minors. They're explaining in detail sexual acts that should never be talked about in school. If we were to take these books and go out on the street and share them with somebody else, we could be brought up on sexual harassment charges. You could not open a book like that on a table like this, if there were kids around, you'd be in trouble. Absolutely not. Right? There, there's no foster parent out there that if they were reading that book to their foster child, 10, 12, 13 years old, that they wouldn't be in trouble. You couldn't watch that stuff on TV. You can't even talk about it with kids. Correct. So, so all right, let's jump forward. She's suing you. Yes. And, um, and, and let, let me just, ba let me back up. So am I accurate to what I'm describing in terms of the sex acts in the book? You saw all this. Yes. So, what is her basis for the lawsuit? So we then um, did not make any progress in removing the books. Um, so we took to the Board of Ed Forum, which were very active in attending Board of Ed meetings. We spoke me meeting after meeting, month after month. Um, starting in August 2022, it's April 27th, 2023, and every single one of those books is still on the shelves in the high school. Um, so we were frustrated. We talked specifically about the books that we didn't like. We questioned any adult's ability to share this material with minor children without their parents' consent. And in some cases, I mean, prepubescent kids. These are kids that are, are, yes, are in grade school. They've not gone through puberty yet. They're, they're, some they of have them. access to the library. 13 and up in, in the high school, yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so what was your mission then? Um, what was your hope? to get the books out, to get them to understand? Right. What, what was your, what was the goal? So we really hope to um, get the support of our Board of Education in really looking at what qualifications or what qualities are these books, do these books have to have to get into the library? And where's the, the rating system? Where is, where is right. the line? Because clearly there was none. I mean, we rate there. movies. Right. Right. They're, they're labeled mature, PG, right. PG-13R. Like the whole concept is to say, hey, right. just so you know, there's some stuff that might not be appropriate for, for audiences kids. under 18. Yep. But not in the school. Nope. But a 14-year-old could walk into that library and learn more than most adults know. 
So what was the attitude of the school board? And we've heard, and, and you, and I should preface this, I mean, I, I've known you now for uh, at least a year, Chris, it probably, it's probably been at least Couple two years, years right? right? Uh, because you were one of the leading advocates to uh, help moms and dads retain their medical freedom by uh, making sure that exemptions were kept into the law so that parents could make their own choices. You've been a part of that uh, strong group of moms for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this, you've heard over time that parents like you have been called everything from domestic terrorists yep. to, uh, to names that we couldn't even uh, broadcast on this streaming service. Right. So how are you treated by the Board of Education? The Board of Education listens. Um, I think that they've time and time again said, we, we hear you, we're listening, but we haven't seen much action. Um, we feel that a year is plenty of time to figure out yeah. why these books are there, review them, and make the adult decision to protect so the kids. So what is the librarian going to accomplish by suing you personally? Is she looking for money? Is she, um, what, what are they actually looking for? In our opinion. You want to take your kids away? What are they, what are they trying to do? Um, so essentially we're being sued for defamation. We believe that this is an attempt. It's a frivolous lawsuit. Our, assist, our attorney said that we cannot be sued for any of the statements that we made in a public forum. Our speech is constitutionally protected. Um, essentially we feel it's, it's to silence us, to scare parents into not speaking out against what they feel is not okay for their kids and we won't back down. So what do you want to say to the parents that are watching? I mean, we've got a great audience now, not just uh, on Common Ground, but certainly on the radio in the morning. Right. Uh, Common Sense Club is now has 110,000 members. So right. things are moving in the right direction. There are more and more parents right. like you that are standing up. But right. what do you want to say to the ones that they know what's going on, but they're afraid to say something? What, what, right. what do you recommend they say and do? I would say you have one chance at getting this right as a parent, and you need to go with your gut and you are there to protect your children, nobody else is. You, you, you have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of your children and don't let the government, don't let the schools, nobody can tell you that you don't have the right to do so. At any point during this time, um, how was it at, at home with you know, kids and spouse and all the, the conversations? Is there a drive at any level to say, Kristen, just, just fold, just Never. stop? Never, because it's about the kids, and I think that we have one shot to get it right, like I said, and at the end of the day, when they're grown, I don't want to look back and say, you know what, I was afraid to stand up because I was afraid what people would say. I will I go to the it. ends of the earth for them. Tremendous courage. Um, I, I, um, I know now, I'll just turn to this. You're going to be on Jesse Waters tonight, so if you're yes. watching us live, 4.30 on onnj.com, through your Roku channel, on Rumble, wherever you're watching us live, this will rebroadcast over the course of the next week. But if you're watching live today, Kristen's gonna be at Jesse Waters tonight. Uh, you excited for that? Yes, 7 p.m. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Excited. Great, and, I, and whatever we can do to help you move forward, I'm here to help, the group is here to help. Thanks, Thank so. you for having I the courage. It. Keep fighting. Thank you. Great. Take care. Kristen Cobo, uh, Morris County mom, being sued by a school librarian. Who would have thought the school librarians could be the tool of the radical left to sexualize your kids. It's amazing, right? And the sad thing is this corrupt agenda has infiltrated so many aspects of our lives. You know, as, uh, as we heard, if you were here at a seat at the table earlier today, and I'm gonna bring my next guest in in just a second. Uh, if you were here, you heard the message that we have an enemy from within whether it's the Biden administration, whether it is an, an out, of, out of control cost of living for average families, 
whether it's the weaponized Justice Department, the open borders, or the sexualization of our kids and the gender confusion that's happening. But you know what? We also have an external enemy. And my next guest is arguably one of the leading, if not the top expert in the nation and in the world when it comes to American-Chinese relations. Uh, this is someone who has advised the CIA and some of the highest levels of government. You've seen him on Fox and other media outlets on the national level. We are so honored to have Gordon Chang join us, and I'm going to ask him to uh, to come on in and take a seat. Uh, Gordon, come on in. Gordon, how are you? Great to Fine. see you. Thank you. Go ahead. You Thank you so much, Bill. All right, so Gordon Chang is with us, uh, and he gave... Uh, I would say one of the most powerful presentations that we heard, not just at a seat at the table, but uh, that we've heard over the past few years, recognizing the threat that China poses to us. Gordon, I'd like to go back to what you said. Um, first of all, thanks for taking the time. It really, I know how busy oh, you are just to have you here. And you're a Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey yeah, guy. Yeah, so I love that. So let, let's, in, in the short time we have, if you can just capture what is the threat from China that you are urging Americans to pay attention to? Well, China wants to destroy the United States. And that sounds drastic, but we've got to remember that the Communist Party views the U.S. as an existential threat bill. And the reason is not because of anything we say or do, but because of who we are. An insecure regime is worried about the inspirational impact that we'll have on the Chinese people because of our values and because of our form of governance. And so the Communist Party feels it cannot um, survive with the U.S. in existence. Are we, and it's, it's almost silly to ask this, but I think for the audience to really just understand what's changed from President Trump to President Biden in terms of American vulnerability? Well, the Chinese see Biden as easy pickings. Now, China, Chinese leaders have, um, they can deal with soft American presidents, they can deal with tough American presidents. They can't deal with unpredictable American presidents. Trump was unpredictable. He kept the Chinese <laughs> off their game. And that's why we had four years of peace with China and Russia. Um, but they know Biden. They mm -hmm. believe they have his number. They believe they've corrupted him. And so right now they're running free. I mean, in a sense, you look at Iran, you look at Saudi Arabia, Brazil, France, now Sudan. The Chinese are taking down existing governments and God knows what's going to happen here. Was the balloon incident a precursor to a potential coming war with China? I think so. For one, first of all, it showed their utter disrespect for the United States. Um, and we got to remember that they were surveying nuclear weapons sites. There was the um, Maelstrom, F.E. Warren, um, Minot, Offutt, Whiteman Air Force bases, where um, we have in incredibly important strategic sites. Also, the Chinese were learning a lot of signals intelligence from the United States. They were picking it up mm -hmm. as we were trying to jam their signals, as well as they were seeing how specific commands reacted to the intrusion. How about these police stations? You mentioned it in your speech, and I've talked about it on the radio, and I, I, I read an article, and honestly, I, I had to dig deep because I, I didn't believe it that the Chinese Communist Party has active police stations in the United States, the Los United Angeles States. and New York in particular, that they are, what, spying on their own citizens? What is the purpose of that? How is that being allowed by the American government? Yeah, and, and here, the reason that uh, China opened up fixed locations, and there were seven of them, one of them has been closed by now, 
is because for decades, American presidents have allowed Chinese consular officials and Ministry of State security agents to operate on our soil, sometimes committing crimes and hmm. getting away with it. So of course they feel, well, why don't we just open up a formal location? And what these locations were doing, um, they say, well, we're just helping Chinese citizens get driver's right. licenses. Like an extension even, of the consulate. Even that is a violation of American sovereignty because they need to get approval to do that, and they didn't get approvals. But also, they were um, keeping track of people who were legally in the United States, mm. trying to intimidate them to force them back to China. Um, so this was gross violation of our sovereignty, and clearly um, we have to close them. And the thing here, Bill, we didn't hear about this from Biden or the FBI. We heard it from uh, the New York Post and Safeguard Defenders, which well, is a Spanish-based yeah. NGO. So this is just unacceptable. What what can, can local government act on that? I mean, you've got, I mean, not that the mayor of New York City w w would act on it, not the current mayor anyway, mm -hmm. but does this have to come from Congress? Does it have to come from the president? Is it a federal issue? Or could a state close that down and bar it and say, you're out of here? Yeah. First of all, the federal government has the authority to do that. Um, but also, um, if they were committing crimes on American soil, mm -hmm. then a state has the right to close that down. Um, Got it. So there was any number of things that uh, any, any number of levels of government could have gone after these police stations. What do you think the longer term? I mean, you said it at the top um, that they are our enemy. They're looking to destroy our way of life, our country. I mean, maybe they're looking to divide it up at the Mississippi between the Russians and the Chinese. I don't know. Um, is that that far-fetched, or what, what is it that you think the next step would be? Is this a, a nuclear crisis we have to worry about? Is it a fear that with, with 1.4 billion Chinese uh, you know, living in China, is it an invasion? I mean, what is the next step? Or is it just the destruction and disintegration of our morals, our values, and our infrastructure, which we're already seeing? Yeah, and the disintegration of our government. Um, they work for that. They're involved in our political process. So this is like all of the above. I mean, they obviously they think they can't take down the U.S. government in 2023, but they're working on 2024, 2025. So really what they are working at is um, taking down our society because they do believe that they are the world's only legitimate rulers. And so in their eyes, we're just a colony. So what do you think happens next? I mean, let's talk about this, the idea of they're, they're, they're looking at our nuclear facilities, you know, over North Dakota, over, over the uh, yeah. Wyoming, et cetera. What, what could they be planning in your expertise? And you spent 20 years working in and living in China and Hong Kong. So you, you know it from a depth of understanding that most people don't. Uh, do you think they would go so far as to launch, a let's say, a preemptive attack? If they thought that we could not respond. One of the things that we believe that they were doing with that balloon was figuring out how to disrupt signals on hmm. command and control of our nuclear weapons. Now, if they felt that and confident about it, that they could um, prevent the president of the United States from launching a retaliatory strike, well, then, you know, God knows what the Chinese will do. I mean, they can take us by surprise. I mean, we think it's incomprehensible, but who knows? What would you advise, let's say we have a new president, clearly this president not paying attention, it seems that he doesn't even realize that he's president, but he's running again. But let, let's say we elect a new president, whether it's Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, or someone else. What would you advise that president to do? What would be the first three things to do to keep this in check? Well, the first thing, well, in general, I would believe in severing relations with China because they're overwhelming us. And because of that, 
um, we could lose our society. So the first things you could do, um, you could cut trade. Um, there are a lot of Chinese products that are made with forced or slave labor. Um, we have tools on the books, the 1930s, uh, 1930 Tariff Act, as well as the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. I would start enforcing those. And by the way, all those sol solar panels from China, um, it is clear that they are 100% made. The companies that mm -hmm. make them, they all use forced or slave labor. It did that, that changed in 1994, right? This was Bill Clinton. As I understand it, Congressman Chris Smith came on the show a few weeks ago and he said, look, Clinton uh, delinked human rights violations with trade. Yes, that's right. Is that right. the start of the fall? That's the start of the fall. And um, Chris Smith has got a bill to start to reverse mm -hmm. that process, which is a good thing to do. Right. Because why should we enrich a hostile regime? We should be helping our friends. We should be helping countries closer to us. And we should be helping Americans. Because a lot of this manufacturing could be done in America itself. Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it could be. What about immigration? I mean, you've got 200 now, as, as I understand from um, Jim Jordan, who's been talking about this, congressman from Ohio, I think would have made a great speaker, not knocking Kevin McCarthy, uh, but I hope at some point Jim will get to that point. But he's talked about over the past year, it's grown from 180, 200,000 illegals crossing the southern border. Now we're up to somewhere close to 240,000 illegals a month coming across the border. Is that strictly a South American, Central American problem, or is are we seeing a lot of Chinese immigrants come over, and is that a threat to our national security? You know, we're seeing a, a surge in Chinese migrants, and part of it, and most of it is because people have just realized how bad things are, they're fleeing mm -hmm. China. Um, they're not really, not most of them are political, um, most of them are just economic refugees. But we're also seeing, and this is Michael Yon, the war correspondent, is seeing a lot of single males of military age mm -hmm. who are coming across our border uh, um, uh, with uh, no families. So we've got to be really mm -hmm. concerned that they're Chinese military or Chinese Ministry of State Security. Almost like a, a sleeper cell that you have for yes. with terrorists. These are people who mm -hmm. will commit acts of sabotage on the first day of war in China. They will take down our grid. They'll poison our reservoirs. They will assassinate our officials, and they'll detonate bombs on our streets. So, yeah, this is really a great concern, and the Biden administration doesn't seem to be paying any attention to this. So we have to suffer through Biden for another two years? Uh, well, less, a little bit less than that. When we get a new president, let's say we do, and they act, is it beyond repair? Or in the first, let's say, 100 days, a strong president? could turn this around? Well, a strong president could turn this around. And in the interim, we Americans have to make it impossible for Biden to do what he wants to do. We've done that on a number of occasions, such as COVID origins. We've forced the president to actually have that investigation into the origins, which was a whitewash. But because of that whitewash, there are information that's coming out, like the FBI and the Department of Energy reports about how they think this was an, uh, came from a lab. And so that gives us the ability to talk about this, to put more pressure on the administration. I know that it's not a satisfactory way of dealing, dealing with this, mm -hmm. but at least it gets us to where we have to be going into the 2024 election. So we deal with the border, we close the police stations, we relink human rights to trade. 
and it, and then we stop their balloons from spying on us, and maybe we'll at least get somewhere down the track to get our sovereignty back. Sever trade. Do not permit investment into Chinese equities. Don't permit the Chinese to invest in ours. End technical cooperation. A lot of drastic things, but we need to do it because the Chinese are taking over America, and so we absolutely have to defend our society. Thank you, Gordon Chang. Thank you. Always、Bill. great to see you. We'll have you back. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That is Gordon Chang. I told you he is.、Uh, I mean, the premier expert on U.S.-China relations. Honestly, I, we could have done two hours just talking to him. But、uh, what we will do is, I will share his information in terms of the books that he's written and things that he's done、uh, with you on my social media. Make sure you follow me at Bill Spadia on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I am Bill Spadia official. And I want to make sure that you go to jointhefight2023.com. Jointhefight2023.com. Okay,、I、want to turn the conversation now. We talk about the、uh, back to the enemy within. We heard kind of the the outside enemy and the inside enemy with the、uh, the incompetent and complicit Biden administration. But one of the issues that we're finding, and as you know, my wife Jody and I have been around the state. We're doing three and four events every single day. And one of the things that we have.、Um, Been spending time is in something called the micro school, and micro schools are a collection of parents that get together. They hire certified teachers. They run a curriculum that is outside of what the public schools are doing. And what a lot of people are starting to say is, you know, maybe it's time that parents had a choice in education. My next guest is arguably、uh, the leading advocate for school choice. His name is Corey DeAngelis, and、uh, we're really happy to have you, Corey. Welcome to Common Ground. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for、you. having me. All right, so、um, you are a senior fellow at the American Federation for Children. So you are a an advocate for children. I, I'm going to say,、uh, by association, an advocate for common sense in education, parental choice, and and to have government get out from in between mom and dad and their kids. That's right, and I advocate to fund students, not systems. To have the funding that's meant for educating your child, follow them to the education provider that best meets their needs and aligns with their values. And we've had a lot of success over the past few years because of people like Randy Weingarten and teachers unions for overplaying their hand and awakening a sleeping giant. The parents who just want more of a say in their own kids' education. So I,、uh, we, we have a, a longer-term plan in New Jersey, going through 23, 24, 25, and, and we're hoping、uh, to get back a majority for common sense candidates, specifically Republicans, because the Democrats have completely gone overboard.、Um, but I'm hoping that 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 will start in 23 and, and end in 20. And we'll actually be able to implement these policies. There are a number of states. I'm, I may get the number wrong. I don't know if it's nine or twelve or thirteen, but number of states that have already implemented school choice legislation, and it's working. How would that model? Let's say you had the ear of the majority leader in the assembly, the Senate president, and the governor. Let's say over the course of the next couple of years, what would be the advice? How would you get that done in New Jersey? Yeah, it's it's actually over 30 states have some form of private school choice already. In the past two years alone, though, six states have gone all in, allowing all families to access their kids' education dollars to take it to the school they're choosing. That could be the public school. If you like your public school, you can keep your public school.、Uh, but for real, <laughs> this、it. time, and like with your doctor,、right. if unlike, not, unlike with Obamacare, <laughs> right? Exactly. But if not, you could take the funding to a private school, charter school, or home-based education option. They're mostly red states right now that have GOP trifectas. So、right. one way to get it done here is to elect. Republicans who vote for their party platform issue of school choice and empowering parents with education freedom, 
Or you can make it a GOP litmus test issue in the short term, have Republicans win on the issue because it's a political winner. I mean, 73% of Americans support school choice nationwide. How does, let me, let me dive into that a little bit because I, you know, in giving speeches around the state, I find that when some people, if they're on the fence or they don't support it, their view of school choice is essentially going back to the 70s and forced busing and saying that we're going to move kids from this public school to that public school. I see school choice as parental dollars, tax credits, opportunity to start a micro school or homeschool or do one or the other, charter school, etc., um, without also having the enormous burden of your taxes. And I don't have to tell you, New Jersey has the highest real estate taxes in the country. Uh, we average $10,000 Per family, I mean, it's it's an outrageous number. Well, uh, you know, some people pay thirty, forty thousand dollars, and they say private school costs me twenty. I can't afford both. Well, in the government school system in New Jersey, we're spending over twenty-four thousand dollars per student per year. That was from twenty twenty data from the Census Bureau. It's a lot more right, now because right. of the injection of federal so-called COVID relief yeah. that had nothing to do with reopening the schools. It was because the unions fought to keep the schools closed as long as possible to hold children's education hostage. Uh, but yeah, talking about it in terms of funding the student directly instead of the building. I mean, we do this with higher education. We have Pell Grants. Democrats support Pell Grants. You can use that public taxpayer dollars to take it to a public community college if you want, but you could also take that same funding, follows the decision of the student to a private religious or non-religious university. We do the same thing with Head Start, that the Democrats support that. It's taxpayer dollars that can be used at private, religious, or non-religious pre-K providers, and there's no problem with that. With food stamps, you can use the funding at any private provider of groceries. Democrats support that, even though it's public money that can be used at private institutions. Why don't they support it for K-12 education, however? It's because the teachers' unions own the Democrats, but but the good news is there's a new special interest group in town, parents who just want more of a say in their own kids' education, and they're pushing back at the school board meetings, but they're pushing back at the ballot box too. So if the Democrats are smart, they'll start to listen to this new special interest group before it's too late for them. If they don't listen, the Republicans are only going to win because of the well, issue. Well, and, and, you know, and Corey, the right Republicans, right? We look at Virginia. I mean, you would argue, I would argue, I'm sure you would agree, uh, the school issue, the parenting issue, parental rights is why Glenn Youngkin is now the governor in Virginia. Okay. And what's interesting, and I've said this, you know, people like to think uh, maybe it was closer than it could have been in New Jersey. The reality was mm -hmm. uh, the Republicans failed to capture the hearts and minds of folks because they did not campaign on parental rights. The, and, and, and as a result, only 40 percent of New Jerseyans turned out in 2021 compared to almost 60 percent of Virginians. Um, what we saw in 2022 is the election of more than 440 new members of school boards across the state. So I think you're spot on with this. I think it's a winning issue. Yeah, it is a winning issue. I mean, the uh, my my organization, the American Federation for Children, won 76% of our races last year in state legislatures, and we targeted 69 incumbents, took out 40 of them, which is the hardest <laughs> thing to do in politics. The message is pretty clear. Support parental rights and education or lose your job. It's a political winner, and the Democrats have backed themselves into a corner on this where they have to try to argue that your kid and the money meant for educating your kid belongs to government institutions. That's a socialist mentality. Michael Malice said it best. Socialists regard your property as their property, but even worse, regard your children as your property. Yeah, and that's a, that is a political loser yeah, uh, for so. everybody except for hardcore communists and the vast majority <laughs> of the electorate right. supports parental rights and education. Most people are normal.
Yeah, you know, exactly. there's us and them, and, and, and they're more of us. I mean, they really are. So, Corey, thank you. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. We'd love to have you back here uh, very soon. Absolutely. Right? Thank you so much. Thank you. Corey DeAngelis, uh, one of the leading advocates in the country. Now you see why. Um, 30 states with some form of choice for parents when it comes to the tax dollars, but six states that have made it directly so you can take those tax dollars and actually put it toward education. And you heard Corey say it, and we've talked about this, I've talked about this on the morning show, $24,000 on average to educate a child in America. When you look at those numbers in New Jersey, they're a little higher. You look at Newark, almost 40000 when you take into all the spending accounts. You look at places like Trenton, twenty-four dollars to $30,000 a kid. Then you look at the micro schools, $4,000 a kid. You look at the charter schools, $9,000 to $11,000 a kid. Imagine what we could do if you created that choice, how your property taxes would start to tumble down, the education value would go up, and probably most important beyond dollars and cents, you'd start to take out the woke agenda that is wrecking this country, wrecking our culture. So um, one of the ways we're gonna do this is we're gonna empower the Republicans. Now, if you've been following me for a while, back to my days with Chasing News on Fox TV, my radio show that's been number one in the state uh, for the eight years that I've been hosting it, you know that I talk a lot about politics when it comes to Republicans and Democrats. And I'm critical of Republicans. Why? Because I am a Republican. And I believe, especially now, we need a strong Republican resurgence in this state. There are only two parties. So a lot of people call me, this, oh, how come you're not an independent? You criticize the Republicans and the Democrats. Guys, let me be very frank. There are two parties. There are Democrats and there are Republicans. And the only way to defeat the radical agenda of the Democrats is to empower Republicans. And the only way to empower Republicans to capture the hearts and the minds of voters is to run strong Republicans, thoughtful Republicans, critical thinkers, independent minds, people that will lead and not just take the scraps off the table of the Democrats. And one of the ways we're gonna get there is we are working directly with the infrastructure of the Republican Party and some great county chairs across this state. We were joined earlier today at a seat at the table, George Gilmore from Ocean County, um, Tim Howes from Somerset County, Lisa Richford from Camden County, and now my next guest joins us from Gloucester County, um, and uh, I want to bring her in, Jackie Vigilante. Jackie, great to see you. Hey, Bill, it's good How to see you. How are you? Great to well, see you. Thank you. Great. So we, uh, yeah, put them on. Okay. All right, so tell me, you're here to sit at the table. What, what's your takeaway from what you saw today? Oh my God, I'm energized from yeah. what I saw today. Uh, it was great. To I think I have a small head. Um, no, you're okay. You're all right. <laughs> I um, fabulous speakers. Everybody brings the the not only great Republican conservative ideals, but yeah. practical plans right? to execute. Yeah, it was phenomenal. My first time here, but I will be back again. We'd love to have mm -hmm. you here. Tell me a little bit of what's going on in your local districts. You are aggressively fighting to take back the fourth legislative district. Uh, there's a huge opportunity you have. Uh, I mean, I think some of the best candidates that we've seen in a long time. Uh, you know, Nick DeSilvio, who is a, a county commissioner running for the Senate. You've got Denise Gonzalez. You've got Michael Clark. I was thrilled to see everybody here. I know Nick couldn't make it today, but uh, to see Denise, former Marine, fighter. And, uh, and Michael. Michael is 24 years old. This it's guy, incredible. like, he represents youth and energy. Uh, how did you find them, first of all? And, and, and let's talk about how we're going to help them win. 
Well, Nick was easy to find because he ran for commissioner uh, yep. and he's a, been successful as a county commissioner. Uh, he ran for us a couple of times. Nick does a phenomenal job in this district. He, this district is so winnable for Nick. Um, he brings to the table his core family values. He got involved in politics because um, his adult his adult daughter, adult now, was uh, is a special needs student. Mm. And he recognized in Franklin where he lived, that school district was not meeting her needs. Every year, the cuts were from the budget that affected the special needs students. He ran for school board. He was on school board for six years. Not only do, did he bring common sense to the school board, yeah. he brought he brought the ability to cut the budget uh, with with the, uh, during the years that Nick was there. I'm sorry, um, they cut over a half a million dollars of the budget. So not only did they not increase it. They brought they it spending. back. It's incredible, yeah. right? You, I, how do you do that? You do it by by looking critically at where you're spending your money and what the needs are. And not only did they cut the budget, but they met the special needs students' needs in a better, see, that's more the effective thing. way. Jackie, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, you know, I've told people that they, they talk about how conservatives want to come in and just destroy programs, and it's just not true. You know, I've said that people have asked me, they said, with everything you're talking about with school choice, are you, are you looking to destroy and dismantle the Department of Education? I said, no, we're not looking to. I want to empower the Department of Education with the right people that believe in education and parents and kids and not these radical woke agenda um, drivers who are, I mean, you've heard the stories with oh, the yeah. sexualization of kids and everything else. How Absolutely. is that message resonating with the voters? So I know your candidates are going door to door. They're talking to people one-on-one. They're doing the grassroots work that needs to be done. How are voters responding to it? In a phenomenal way. First of all, anytime you go out and you meet a voter and you introduce yourself and you ask for that vote, you, you get a great response. When you ask for that vote and you say, I am running because your children, my children, all of our rights and our rights as parents have not only been negatively impact, they're impacted, they're being diminished every single day. Yeah. And the reason Denise Gonzalez got involved was for her children. And Michael Clark, who is not a parent, um, is a youth pastor. And as a youth pastor, he, he tells a great story. He said, I take these kids on overnight camping, um, his 20, 30, 40 kids. Every parent has a bag of anti-antidepressant medication that Amazing. he has to dispense while he's with these kids. It's, it's, it's absurd, madness. right? So he's 24 years old and he said, this can't stop. I can't live in this state. It, under these circumstances, yeah. and I certainly can't bring a family into the state. So when they expre- express that to the voters, the voters have been so receptive because they know now someone is listening to their needs. They, you know, taxes are always going to be taxes. Everybody's going to pay their right. taxes. Most people's taxes are buried inside their mortgage, right? So right. they don't even know what they're paying in taxes. Half the time, They sure. know what's happening to their children. Yeah. They know what the schools are doing. They know how their kids are being impacted. And uh, it's resonating very well with the Jackie, voters. do you think we've turned a corner? I said it uh, um, from the podium today. The fact that we had uh, county chairs here, uh, my friend Jack Zisa from Bergen County, very supportive of what we're doing, Absolutely. couldn't be here today. Um, you know, and, and you know, there, there are a growing number of county organizations that are saying, you know what, we need to do something better than we've been doing. Right. Are you finding that? I'll see uh, Jose Arango tonight from Hudson County. I'm going to go to the the chair's reception with uh, my wife, Jody, And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know that they all get it. Uh, there are some games that are played in the back room. Do you think we're moving to a point where we can put the games behind us and start focusing on winning elections and winning a majority? That's my goal. I, you know, I've been a county chair now for seven years, and uh, I refuse to buckle to the pressure of people telling me this person is more electable. Uh, you know, Kellyanne Conway says, has a great talk about what is electable. What is electable are the people who want to be in those positions for the right reasons. Yeah. What we're seeing as primaries by people who want it for the wrong reasons. Vanity, 
and ego. And that shouldn't be enough for any voter to say, yeah, I want that person. They should be, they should be voting and they will be voting for people like we're presenting yeah. on our ticket. And I know that um, other county chairs see it the same way. Yeah, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, some of these high-priced consultants need to get out of the way instead of encouraging people to run against, I mean, they're, they're running a primary against Ed Durr. Ed Durr is arguably mm -hmm. one of the most popular state senators we have, Absolutely. not just in the Republican Party. I mean, overall, no reason for a primary there. And you know, they're manipulating. So, I, you know, our job at Common Ground and Common Sense Club and Seat at the Table is bring this all to light. Let, right. let's, let's bring it to light. Let's have an, a battle over issues. I don't mind a primary. But right. let it be about issues. I'm with you on that. Absolutely. And not right? about, yeah. yeah, not about who's getting the most money from the consultant or to pay their consultant <laughs> right. or from special interests, right? Exactly. So that's that's what we are about. And I think other county chairs are saying it the same way. So, so. I think Gloucester County uh, can go, not only go red, I, I mean, I think you've got a track record of already doing that. So thank you for yep. everything you're doing. Thank Thanks you. for being a voice of reason, common sense, strength, and courage. I hope other county chairs follow your lead. I appreciate you recognizing that. And I thank you Thanks, for having Jackie. me on. Great all. to see you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. So before I bring in my next guest, I'm going to take a quick commercial break because I've got to thank our sponsor. I'm going to thank him first anyway. His name is Rob Gill. Epic Financial Strategies. MoneyMindset2023.com is the website. Now, I probably shouldn't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You go on MoneyMindset2023.com. You got to fill out the whole form and then you got to click submit. I know it's like when the IT guy says, oh, did you check to see if your computer's plugged in? How many of you have had that conversation with IT and then you find out it's actually not plugged in? So I'm going to tell you, fill out the whole form, moneymindset2023.com, click submit, and one of Rob's team members will call you within a day. You're not going to believe some of the, the opportunities they have. I'm going to bring Rob in next to talk to you directly about how you can not only change your mindset about money, but head into the possibility, believe it or not, of being able to afford to retire even in New Jersey. I'll be right back. Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. All right, awesome. Did I mention everyone? By Trenton politicians on both sides of the aisle, accepting their higher taxes, accepting higher tolls, crumbling roads accepting a radical school curriculum, accepting busloads of illegal border crossers, accepting prisoners being let out before they complete their sentences, and perhaps worst of all, accepting losing November after November. It is time to break the mentality of acceptance being pushed by Trenton politicians. We need to demand common sense policies and leaders who get it. I am excited to announce the launch of Elect Common Sense and to serve as its honorary chairman. It is time to get back to winning. Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to Common Ground. Yes, even we have commercials. Look, you got to promote the folks that support you. We got to promote the organizations. Um, and I want to say something for the guests that we had. I hope that you understood today's show. Uh, I've got a different background today if you're just tuning in. We are at a seat at the table. This is now an annual conference. This was our second annual conference. I am see it each year. And the idea is to give you a seat at the table. That means the rest of us out there, the truck drivers, 
the restaurant owners, the bartenders, the cops, the teachers, and everybody in between to have that seat at the table to do one thing, have your ideas heard, and to learn about all the ideas that are out there to make sure that we start moving this state and this country back into some sense of normalcy because we have strayed way, way off of anything recognizable, whether it is our relationship with China, whether the fact that we're talking about Chinese communists running police departments in New York City and Los Angeles. Yeah, really happening. The fact that I spent $7 on a dozen eggs the other day. I mean, these are things happening. The absolutely perverted and disgusting and, 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 and just completely beyond the pale books that we're seeing in our school libraries. You met a mom being sued by a school librarian, a public school librarian suing a mom for questioning the sexualized agenda of the kids. Nuts. So all of this conversation is possible. Uh, a seat at the table. First, I want to thank my friend Elizabeth Nader, who uh, you know Elizabeth. She is the COO of our foundation and of Common Sense Club, which is commonsenseclub.org. She does an outstanding job. She put this whole thing together. Uh, we sold it out. This is now two years in a row. Fantastic. A lot of national guests, a lot of local leaders. It was fantastic. The other thing that we need, as you know, is you got to have folks that are behind this engine to keep this conversation going. And one of those guys is my very good friend, Rob Gill, who leads Epic Financial Strategies, and he's sitting right here. Rob, man, it's good to see you. Bill, it's, it's an honor to be here, and the speakers, to your point, were awesome today. These, What'd you think? You could feel the electricity behind yeah. us. I thought they were tremendous. Yeah. I thought they were tremendous. It and was I, raucous at one point. Yes, absolutely. Right? And and it's not raucous in a way where like, hey, let's go get them. No. It's really about getting educated. Uh, the gentleman that talked about you know, when he had seen the Trump video where it was, it was, they tried to make it sound like he was making fun of the person. Right. But he wasn't making fun, making of, the fun of the disabled reporter. Turned out that was completely untrue. And for two they years, put together videos. Yeah. And for two Amazing. years, he didn't know it until after the election. Uh, someone that had babysat him when he was younger showed him the video and he saw the whole thing. And, and for him, everything changed. And as a result of it, he's been vilified and. You know, his world went upside down, but the passion he demonstrated on the stage today was incredible. It was incredible. Tremendous story. It was a tremendous story, and, and you know, a story like that, uh, Brandon Strzok is his name, yep. and he's, the guy has suffered, but he saw the light, he turned around. And part of the reason, Rob, is that when he realized that the videos were doctored, that they mm. were out of sequence, that President Trump was, uh, was purposefully being vilified by the media that wanted to stop him, his mindset changed. Yeah. Yeah, His mindset. mindset changed. You talk a lot about mindset. You know, the website, moneymindset2023.com. Yep. Very important website. Yes, I'm telling people you got to fill the whole format. You got to click submit. I know, I know. Yeah. But you got to do it. You got to go all the way to the bottom. Click submit, and someone's going to call you. <laughs> what is it that you want to say to folks that yeah. about their mindset today? Because we heard from Gordon Chang earlier. He's one of the leading experts yeah. in the world when it comes to China American relations. Uh, to be honest, he paints kind of a scary picture of what, what could be happening. Yeah, I think I think the first thing is if you're overwhelmed financially, if you run out of money on the 15th, 20th of every month and it happens over and over again, don't think that you can't make the change, right? Don't think you can't step in and, and really change the trajectory. But the truth is where you are today is a result of your thoughts over the last 5, 10, 15 years. So that pattern has to get interrupted at first, yeah. right? So the pattern has to get interrupted through education, through leverage. And then an alternative has to come in. So if it is to be, it's up to me, right? We say that often. Right. And how do you do that? Well, that's where you want to create congruency, uh, not only all of your different planners that have access to your world, but also can you monitor and measure it? And to your point, Bill, uh, www.moneymindset2023.com. Go ahead, fill out each box, and then hit submit. 
what happens there is you'll be able to have access for free, the Epic Wealth Builder, which allows you to really kind of put all your data on one page and you can see your world real time with the click of the button. But that's just the beginning. Once you do that, what is your game plan? What is your action plan? What are your strategies? It's okay to think outside the box and not do what everybody else is doing. It's changing your mindset. And one of the things that you and I have talked about is that, that there's a fear out there. Banks are failing, people are looking at this and they're saying, I don't know if I can protect myself. Forget about retirement in New Jersey. Can I, can I last two more weeks? Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. How, tell me a little bit about, I know that the, you'll get more when you fill out that form and, and you talk to one of Rob's uh, guys. Actually, I want to break my own train of thought and just say Kevin, Danny, and Eddie. Yes. You see what they pulled off? Look at this. Amazing. Look at this. Where, where am I? Um, we can go I'm on doing the road. a remote broadcast, we baby. Could, I well, love it. Why don't we just get on a bus and just take I, it. Let's go on a 40-day bus ride. Mobile. We're doing a mobile day That's bus it, ride. exactly. Yeah. Up we're, and uh, down New Jersey. Well, we're going to be bringing the show to the Jersey Shore this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're going to be at the Jersey Shore. Stay tuned for details on that. I could uh, have but, a basketball tournament that weekend. Then. No basketball that weekend. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Memorial Day weekend. You got to no take basketball. some time off, right? right. I'm working, but yeah. you got to take some time off and join me on the show. But I'll be with you. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be it's great. Fun. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great because we are changing minds. We're changing yes. mindsets. We're, we're breaking things so you can rebuild them. And I yeah. think that's part of it. you got to break that old mindset. People are used to doing a certain thing. You know, I was told, put this amount of money in my 401k. Yeah. Company's going to match that. I'm yep. tired 65. And then let me know what I can do. I look at life yeah. as what am I doing today yeah. that's going to make my life better Right now. Yeah. Right well, now. Well, right here with the 401k in the match, they don't tell you it gets taxed later on. And so when you get it, it's half. No, they don't. They don't tell you that. You don't it's think It's going to be half. No, no. You thought you are going to be in the smallest tax bracket because somebody said that. But the truth is what they're banking on is you're only going to take 30 grand out, which puts you in a 10% tax bracket, right? right? With Social Security versus if it was all tax free, it would be multiplied across the board. And how do you do that? Well, you got to be able to diversify within and amongst asset classes. It's okay to go up to the match. And what do you mean by that? Meaning you don't put all your money into the stock market. That, that's what you're saying. Diversifies. Yeah. you got to own other things. Yes. And like I, what? I think with technology right now, you could be at home and have a home business at night, right? Mm -hmm. You could buy real estate. You could buy, you know, if you fund the way we do it is we use our life insurance strategy. We mm -hmm. overfund cash value life insurance. So here's the difference. If you ever bought a life insurance policy before, you'll see in the first year, typically there's no cash value. With us, there's over 70% of that money in there for the first year to access. When you leverage it out, so imagine if you could take money out of your 401k and go buy a rental piece of property, you're gonna say, well, Rob, I could do that, I could do 50,000. But yes, that means if you have 500 in your 401k and you take out 50, you have 450 earning a rate of return. Whereas if you have 500 in cash value, you borrow 50, that full 500 is still earning a rate of return multiple uses off each each and every dollar. You're almost becoming your own bank. And you I've are. heard you say that. Yes, that's right? what that is. Yep, yeah. you can finance your own debt. So at what income level? I mean, I think a lot of people hear this, they're like, oh, I gotta be making a half a million bucks a year to be able to do that. Can it happen at a modest income level? Yep, so Bill, I grew up in Bayonne. Uh, 75,000 people, three miles. And we literally ran out of money on the 20th of every month and everybody knew each other's business and we're taught to be folks that are firemen, police officers, maybe the, every once in a while there'd be a lawyer, doctor, or an accountant, and we ran out of money. And the money mindset of scarcity was present generation to generation. So from that standpoint, I don't stand for the privileged guy on Rumson Road. Yeah, I don't stand for the privilege. I'll take your money for this, but I don't stand for the privileged guy on Rumson Road. What I do, and I'll talk with you, but I want to be able to help everybody. I want to be able to help my dad. 
I want to be able to help my uncles, my aunts, my, my cousins that were all older than me that grew up in Bayonne and were stuck in a mindset that was a continuous repetitive pattern. So for me, there is no minimums. We say that often. What are, I mean, you have to have money coming in. We're not going to give you. you we're not Democrats. We're not giving you money to do there it. There you go. You got to have a job. We're not giving you money to do it. So you have to have a job. And within the space of a job, you'll have access to our team. No different than the guy that has $100 million, who, who has the same access. And we will show you a path on what you, you have to follow the path, though. Like, if we're going to create a membership for you okay. at the gym, you got to go to the gym. How hard is it? Because, I, you know, I, I told you this story. I came clean on a couple of our early interviews. I mean, financially, I go back to when Jody and I first got married. It took me a good year and a half or so to figure out the whole finance thing because I was a mess. I was getting phone bills. I had a red line across old days. Yeah. And 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 I just, <laughs> you know, my credit card bill would come and I'm like, I wonder what it's going to be this month. You're scared to open it, Yeah. Right? yeah like, I don't yeah. want to open that. Yeah. So, I, so for me... It took a discipline. I think I told you this. Now, we've been married 28 years. So for yep. 28 years, I've been balancing our books on a legal pad yeah. that I manage every two weeks. Yes. It is the most antiquated system, but you, it, it helped me because it's all in front of me. But let Eddie give you the epic wealth builder. You could do that still. So what, how you would still you change it. what I'm doing, still doing on paper for the folks out there that are saying, how do I skip that stupid step? Yeah. Because I don't have time to sit there and write everything out. How yeah. do I skip it? So on the epic wealth builder, your your credit card banking institutions tied to the application. It'll, it, you just It's real time every day. It'll show you what you spent that day. It'll show you the value of your I real estate. I can't do that on a legal pad. No, no. Can't do no, it. No, no. I cross stuff out. Yeah. yeah. I made a mistake. Cross that out. It'll Get another one. It'll collapse time. <laughs> if that normally takes you three hours, it'll oh take God. it down to like 20 minutes. Right? So if that happens every month for 12 months, that's a recapture of 36 hours. If you are worth making this up $5,000 an hour, multiply that by 36, there's a it's recapture a of $150,000. Right? Yeah. So, so time has a rate of return. Time, T-I-M-E, Things I Must Earn, has a rate of return. How much time you watch it on Netflix? What, what kind of shows are you binging? What's going on with when you're having small talk with your buddies or your, your girlfriends? And what does that look like as far as what the purpose of those conversations are? Because guess what? If you follow this path and make money and you're not mentally okay with who you are, you'll give it back because you feel like you won't deserve it. That happened to me in 2008, 9, and 10 when I made a million, 900, 800,000. I felt like I was like, money. I want to make everybody happy. I wanted to be the cool guy. I wanted to make it. I, I bought a boxing promotional company, a gold chain. I, you know, I did buy a gold out? chain. How'd that work out? And not good. Not good. A lot. Of, <laughs> but were a lot of people happy around you? Yeah. yeah until, oh, we until, love it. Thanks, Rob. Bring until it I in. shut the door. Make right? it rain. And then, and then, because of that, though, it put me on the path that I'm on now because I felt like I didn't deserve it. I felt like it was important to, to, make, to have a representative of myself that wasn't true. So my book coming out at the end of June, Surviving Success, it talks not only about the mental health side of how you feel about money, but it also how to create those opportunities through mindset to make money. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I love that you said mental health because I, I think that is something that, that in America today, we deal with issues like mental health, yep. not with coping skills and overcoming adversity. Yep. We deal with it with medication. Uh, a, medication. That, medication. I, 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 it's crazy. Lexapro. Yeah. ADD Pop medicine, the pill, baby, and you'll be fixed. And just, it's not true. Just numb it. So we right. we get to the core of why each person feels that way, and it's it's usually either a bad investment or it's handed down, right? right? So how do we how do we work through that? It's important to be able to work through that so we can take the next step forward as we've survived financial success, create generational wealth, and put money back in your pocket where it belongs. Now, what is the if they go to the website moneymindset2023.com? Yep. They fill out the form. That means you check all the boxes, and then. The appropriate boxes and then you click submit 
Um, what does the Epic Wealth Builder, this tool you're talking about, cost them when, after they do that? So any of this, whether there's a meeting or the Epic Wealth Builder, it is for free. What's going to happen is you'll get a free consultation with the team and still get to keep the Epic Wealth Builder if you don't like us. And that's an aggregation tool you'll get for the first year. Whether you talk to us ever again or not, Fantastic. it's just a demonstration of the tool itself. And it really, one of the members here will show you how to do it. And in that conversation, it'll be, hey, do you, do you want to talk about other things? Do you need help with anything? And to see if there's a meaningful way going forward. And that next conversation, it's just an evaluation. There's not a check being written or a credit card being taken until the conversation gets to that point, which would usually take anywhere between 60 and 90 days anyway. Yeah. So that's great. There you go. The opportunity for, free. for you is free. I mean, that's it. Uh, let me ask, did you, your team love today? I mean, I talked about uh, everybody that was here. I mean, what, what Eddie and, and, and Kevin pulled off today, I mean, uh, you know. Well, watch I, this. I, you know. Watch. First of all, Eddie hasn't left your side. So Eddie, so, Eddie so killed it today. He loves it. Kevin had hernia yeah. surgery yesterday. We didn't tell you that Stop yet. Stop it. Come he on. He had hernia surgery and yesterday, right, Kev? How much do you believe? Four. Hernia yeah. surgery. Four. Come on. Four. That's he's, dedication. He wants Bill Spadia. That's, that's, de that's yeah. dedication. He's here for the CPAC. He's on the team. Yeah, he's on the, he's he's on the, drive the, the team. Bus. That's it. He's and driving the bus. Klaus is a Democrat. Klaus. And we brought him here. He's a Democrat, and he loves you, Bill. Give me a thumbs Bill. up or down. Did he loves learn, you. Did we learn something? Feel, feel a little more, right? You're coming Good over. Stuff, right? Are you coming over? He's, he's coming not ready over. yet. He's not ready to commit. That's okay. He's come. We love Klaus. <laughs> he's got time. Bill has a lot wait, of people wait. that could use some, some, some. You know, John, John was here. Alexa was here. Yep. They're, they're they enjoy. It? Yeah, everybody enjoyed. And Danny, it. just uh, he's a, a dad again. Yes. Got another, another. Right? Th there's another Drew running around. There's Drews all over the place. That's it. Yeah. Look, you do what you got to do. And by the way, I just want to honor like you. You sounded phenomenal up there. I know you don't Thank like you. When, when I give you Thank credit. You. you get you get real humble. But but I admire the actionable. Your words are great. And I think there's so many fans that you've created and what you and Jody have built is unbelievable. And it, it's been over 28 years, is that correct? Yeah, 28 years. But what's amazing to me, and it still is, is your schedule. Like that to me is like, <laughs> like that is the wildest, impressive. Thank you. Like almost so good, it's like I can't even, I can't even touch that. Like I don't even know how to start on something like that. And, it's, and it starts at what, four in the morning? I get up at 3.30 in the morning. And when does it end? Three th so Typically. Tonight, so here we are. It's, it's what? Almost 5.30. I got another minute. Sharon's over there waving to wrap it up. I got a minute. Sharon's from Because Bayonne. I've got to drive through the traffic. I've got to get to Aberdeen in Monmouth County. Yep. I'm going to uh, Jose Arango, who's the chairman in Hudson County, uh, to see all of our uh, Republican County uh, chair friends and uh, talk there for a little bit with, uh, with some great folks. And then we go, and I'm, I'm actually emceeing. A, uh, this foundation event called CASA in where they in Rumson I'm being, talking about Rumson Street yep I'm going to be there in Rumson and now I'm for coming. all of you who are in Rumson if you've got the big checkbook I'm coming to ask yeah, you some money it's a check. great organization and by the way Bill drives himself he doesn't have a driver no he doesn't have a plane that's it he doesn't no have plane. a limo he's driving himself Rob Gill always great to see you thank you for being here moneymindset2023.com the website if you want to be involved is is jointhefight2023.com. Make sure you subscribe, you rumble, you like, you do what you do with this. Follow me on social media, at Bill Spadia, and I'll see you right here for 30 Next Thursday.